Matt Ryan, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, deception. Welcome to week four of the SSFL podcast. I'm here with Eric and Tony and Kevin. And uh, we're going to start with a little um, follow-up from the previous episode. Tony, uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, I really enjoyed last one i just had i was just like making little notes because i was giggling to myself um like the the miles austin i mean whew, that guy like i forgot that's a it's just like a that's just like a name call out that i had forgotten but he had an interesting career and then that somehow managed to segue into austin collie which i was just killing myself laughing because that poor guy was like like the guy just, I don't understand how he just kept getting demolished. Like every, he would like recover from like a life ending concussion and then come back on the field and the next play, just get absolutely obliterated. Yeah, Peyton Manning um, didn't care much for his uh, <laughs> health. <laughs> and it was, it was always like, oh, if he could just stay healthy. Cause like he was a pretty good player, but the poor, like every time, every time. Um, I don't appreciate the hate on Mike Evans, Kevin. I think that was a little bit rude. Yeah, about that? All I was doing was pointing out what you yourself were doing. So that's fine. Just take value where it lies. Um, there, I just wrote chief's ridiculous, ridiculous narrative question mark. I think Eric said something about that after they, before they got um, upset by the chargers. I just wanted to just hold them accountable I think it was something like hold it, hold uh, accountable for a thing you can't remember. Not as good as yeah, it was something like uh, um, Kevin was saying that I had a narrative that they were like not as they're not like the class of the AFC, and you're like that's a ridiculous narrative. They're going to blow out the Chargers. So I just want to um, keep the receipts from that one. Just let you, <laughs> let you. Okay, I like it. Yeah. Uh, so narratives are good for you, like when you like them, but yeah. otherwise not. Yeah, that's exactly correct. That's exactly correct. That's a narrative that actually should probably keep running throughout the season. Okay. The narrative that you like or don't like narratives or the... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's like narrative inception, right? right? Yeah. Brendan made a comment about Dion and Kenny not changing their names. Absolutely agree. It's, it's, that's Bush League. We had some changes too, like right after. So I don't know if they were listening or it was just, you know, like... Did they? I actually didn't notice. Yeah. Does anybody understand Kenny's name? What is it now? It's like the golf club bandit. It's got to be a reference to something, right? Oh, yeah. I was trying to figure that out. I have no idea. Kenny, that means I don't know if he was listening, but uh, if he is listening, I still think Kenny's team is the worst team at the draft. <laughs> and that it is still the worst team in the league. I hate it. I hate his team. I don't know how, it was uh, terrible. I don't know how, you, can, how you can say that. He's the only person in the league I mean, that has like an actual NFL starter at every position in his lineup. Other than me, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I mean, like we we you guys had a huge conversation about how Edwards or Lair is just not good at football. So I don't know if I want him in my lineup. I did like that. follow that up immediately by being like, "That being said, Kenny, please trade me Clyde Edwards Lair." So like, <laughs> at the end of the day, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he has a running back with a ninety percent touch share in the backfield in that position. I would still yeah, take. That I mean, if you if you like. Four yards per carry and and literally no explosive runs. I guess that's I guess that's nice, right? Terrible on the goal line. Doesn't get the whole way down the field. I, just a note about Alaire. I, I do think that like the biggest difference is is exactly what you guys said that 
like Kareem Hunt is good at football. Like he, people cannot tackle him. Like it, it's difficult to tackle Kareem Hunt. It's very easy to tackle Clyde Edwards Alaire. Like he, he and like he's gets there and he makes a couple of little jiggles and sometimes squirts through, but ultimately like, he's not like busting tackles like cream hunt was. Um, I think that's kind of the biggest difference. Yeah. I also agree. Dion's team sucks. That was kind of- <laughs> Dude, Anthony, what, who, whose team do you think <laughs> is more good? Just hate. Whose team do you think is good? It's more of just a hate on Dion. Bring it back positive yeah. Sunday morning. Who's the best team. That's not you. Um, it's a good question. Actually. Let me just, quickly peruse there's um i think harsh's team and i think kevin and i were talking about this i think Harsh is, is very very good mm-hmm. mostly i think it comes down to the value he got on obviously having like mike williams i don't know when he drafted him but it had to have been late yep um where is he herbert the pervert <laughs> it's actually uh he forgot the R in Herbert, so it's actually a bear, the pervert. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, obviously the McCaffrey injury sucks, but like, I mean, I think Kareem Hunt is proven to actually be a pretty valuable kind of RB2. And then like DJ Moore, Justin Jefferson, Darren Waller, Mike Williams. I mean, it's it's a pretty good, that's a pretty good PPR roster he's got there. It's uh yeah, I think he's probably the best team right now. I I picked when I uh, when I won the bid for Chuba, uh, Chuba Hubbard. I sent him a message that morning, like five minutes after it was like confirmed. Uh, I haven't talked to him in a while, so I led with Sup Honey, and like I wasn't even done with my next message, and all he said was "Don't sup." <laughs> <laughs> it's the second highest bid. I mean, he's like, I, I guess for him, right? Like he's in the position where he's three now, so he can mm-hmm. wait on on McCaffrey to get back, which is nice. Um, oh, and then finally, like way too much respect. Like did Brandon pay you guys off? Like what is the deal? Like everyone was like gushing over Brandon's wide receivers. Like I don't understand. It's not, it's. Have you seen his wide okay. receivers? Like have you, lo- have you looked at them? Yeah. Cal- okay. So his, like, I don't know. They're all fine, but like, they're not amazing. Like, it's not like he's like, I don't understand. All, like, like, okay. All right. I know, like, your whole shtick is just to, like, be, you know, angry about everything. He has three guys that are currently in the top ten for fantasy points at wide receiver. Are, are, are also, you sure? I think, currently? I am sure, yes. A 14-team league, like, having all okay players is, like, a pretty high bar. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like you guys are, like, it's good, but, like, you guys are making it sound like you was, like, the, like had, like, the greatest group of wide receivers ever to be assembled in fantasy football. I mean... You're just mad. Yeah, I mean, I do. I got Mike Evans. So, I mean, how can you have the greatest wide receiver group in the league if you don't have Mike Williams or Cooper Cup on them? That's my point. Calvin Ridley's been an utter disappointment. Right? Okay. Yeah, Yeah, but I think think the whole point of that conversation is that they've been that good because Tyler Lockett and Ridley's obviously good. Is is that obvious? It's been three weeks now. No, it's not. You're right. I don't know. I'm not a biggest Calvin Ridley guy. I'm with you on that. But I, I And like, do you really so. think Debo's performance is sustainable? Because I'm a 49ers fan. I don't think it is. I've been calling it a okay. fan since okay, the draft. So you can agree on that. So that's two out of his three amazing wide receiver group that have question marks. I mean, Tyler Lockett's great. I'm not going to argue about that. And who, who's know, left? Brandon also, Cups. it's not sustainable. What's that? I don't Lockett? think Cooper Cup's sustainable. I think probably Cooper Cup finishes like maybe inside the top 20. But... Uh, 
Okay, that's just ridiculous. You want to talk about ridiculous narratives? I'm pretty sure he could like score like four points a week and still finish inside the top 20 after his first three weeks. Like he's going to like, I agree with you. Like he's not going to score like 40 points a week, whatever he's been doing. But just by the nature of his first three weeks, he's going to like at end of year rankings, he's going to be incredibly high. I heard that Stafford and uh, Robert Woods have been having <laughs> oh, someone someone had to keep up with having breakfast and now they're doing book yeah. club. They're yeah. doing book club and yeah. tea now, right? They're yeah. doing their own thing. It's same. It's the same. But There's different. still a connection. It's just a different connection. He loves them both equally. Ar- arguably, it's different. more meaningful because they're yeah. Arguably, it's more it could, meaningful. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> it's more of like an academic connection. It's not just breakfast. Absolutely. It's the most important meal of the day. Yeah. Anyway, I just had to put uh, some cold water on on a couple of things. That's all. Some notes. Do you want to move into like a more general week three recap? Yeah. Eric, do you have anything you want to uh, recap? Anything you want to highlight? From the week, what do you mean? From, from this the conversation? Or do we want to do like the week three recap? Yeah. So a little uh, peek behind the curtain, lift the kimono type situation here. I had this whole plan to like, you know, do the whole Chris Berman weekly recap fast three minutes thing. But uh, we ran out of, the clock ran out on that one, so oh, we're thank gonna God. do. Uh, we'll get it going next week, <laughs> obviously. Mike, Mike McCarthy. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, I got I. I. It's funny that you brought that up. I not, wasn't thinking because I don't want to hear your take on it, Eric. It's because <laughs> you're ranting about this to uh, Kevin and and Brandon and Justin about how I think the fastest three minutes is like just is just like they have like this old guy who's been on the network for so long, who's like kind of lost it, but he has this thing that he does. And they're like, okay, we'll just like let grandpa go do his thing for three minutes. And he's just like, oh, Cleveland Browns and, and cooking hot dogs. And you're like, what are you even talking about? And it's just brutal. It's like, it's just terrible TV, but they just let him do it. Cause he's been doing it for so long. And when he retires, it'll be a huge step forward for that, for that whole halftime shtick. 100% agree. He also needs to stop being given the home run derby. I'm so sick of back, 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 back. <laughs> He's got like three phrases that he says yeah. over and over again. And the rest of them, he just like mashes words together and tries to make them sound exciting. It's not, it's just, it's like, it's terrible. It's, I mean, it's something that existed 40 years ago and, and now still exists. So all the old white people can watch the fastest three minutes in sports. It serves no purpose. That's like a young man yells at Clarence. <laughs> like, 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 <laughs> I don't know. I I don't. Th- I'd like it. I, I I we were talking about this. It's clearly not for our demographic because we're a bunch of degenerates. They get up an hour before kickoff, make our little podcast, and then watch football for ten hours. Whereas like people that are like fifty, more they don't see every game. They don't know that Tyler Lockett had six for one ten and two touchdowns. So when Chris Berman yells, Tyler Lockett. <laughs> I, I mean, like, it's definitely like a callback, I feel like, to the era of like the little rabbit ear TVs where you can only get the one game and then and then you tune into like the primetime game and you're like, oh, let's catch up with what happened around the league. But like, dude, it's the Internet now. You just Google everything. Like, come on. I think the real issue, though, is that it's not actually a catch up. It's like some writer found some good name puns for three players in the NFL <laughs> And they're going to only highlight those games so that Berman can drop the name. Yeah, ones. yeah it's not, that's that's it's, all you're going to get. There's some poor intern whose job is just like watch the first couple of games and like I got to get a highlight. I got to get a highlight. Yeah, game fun. It, it doesn't even do like a really good job recapping what happened. Anyway, that's that's I digress. So, but continue, Eric. 
Yeah, now that we've shit all over your segment. No, but I want to hear show. Eric do it because I feel. Like I mean, it's not. It's not like I'm not like I chose the segment because I love Chris Berman. It was very much because I think it's a terrible segment. <laughs> like I said, you can look forward to that for next week. This week, we'll just do a little standard breakdown. You know, we had Brandon taking on Brendan in the uh, crosstown rivalry, um, and uh, Brandon took that one home on the back of uh, Maddie Ice for 20 points. Uh, and Aaron Jones continuing his dominance at the running back position. Matt, sorry, Matt Ryan ended up with 20 points. So we have a six point per touchdown passing. Lead. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But like, wow, shocked. shocked he pulled that out with those dog shoes. <laughs> I mean, he, that, no, it's more like that. The Atlanta Falcons look so bad for like 99% of that game. I'm surprised. But yeah. OK, question. Uh, Atlanta Falcons currently hosting the Washington football team this week in my uh, Harry Clark Pickham league. I went Atlanta. What would you do? It's two garbage teams. Is that, is this straight up or against the spread? Straight up, straight up pick them. You're going to pick all the teams or pick all is the Atlanta teams. at home. Atlanta's at home. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's, yeah, I think it actually is. I don't know what the spread is. I imagine it's close, but. I think on paper, Washington has a better roster, but I don't know. They've both been so bad. Okay. Lukewarm take. And yeah. I, I, take. Well, like, yeah. Yeah. It's garbage teams. I get it. I get it. That's what I did. I, 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 I agree. I think the Falcons would probably win because everyone was talking about how good the, the, uh, the football team's defense is going to be, and it just, like, hasn't been, so – I don't think anyone came in hyping up Taylor Heineke. I actually think Heineke is kind of a baller. So, I, I, I mean, he's like a young – he reminds me so much of like a more – well, actually, Ryan Fitzpatrick was athletic when he was younger. But he has that kind of like attitude where I feel like he just like goes out there and like gets hit a bunch and like throws a couple interceptions but also has a cannon of an arm and just doesn't give a shit. So it's kind of fun. Okay, uh, moving on. The next matchup we had last week, James taking on Anthony. It looked a little a little closer early on when Antonio Gibson ripped off a huge touchdown. Mm-hmm. Anthony was over able to overcome a bad game from Kyler Murray by uh, having Najee Harris get 19 targets. <laughs> and uh, Anthony took it home pretty handily here. Uh, takeaways from anybody that's not Anthony. James, what's happening over there? 0-3, that's a... We were talking about this with our pickup. That's a that's a deep hole to dig out of. Yeah, he, uh, it is. It is interesting because I actually thought James, like I was nervous heading into this game. Like looking at his team, I think it's pretty solid. Like you would think, mm-hmm. um, Jonathan Taylor and Antonio Gibson. Like it's a really, you would think, solid foundation at running back. But um, yeah, I, I, I can't remember who his receivers were though. Uh, Bobby Trees, oh, Jonathan Taylor, Robert Woods. I mean, that that really sinks you because, yeah, for obvious reasons. Yeah, Robert Woods and Marvin Jones. And uh, he also had LaVisca Chenault in his lineup. So the Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault passing game stack. It's yeah. not, a great, not a great situation, but I mean, what are you going to do? I, I will say um, this, I think his team illustrates something that Eric and I were talking about before the draft, which is that like it's Travis Kelsey or like late round tight end. Like, I don't think I didn't even think Waller or Kittle were worth the value. And I definitely did not think those like fourth or fifth round tight ends, like TJ Hawkinson were worth the value. Because if you look at his team, like I'd be curious to see what he could 
have drafted instead of TJ Hawkinson in terms of like a running back or wide receiver. Cause if you look at him, like it just kind of like eats in a 14 team league, it eats up a, a valuable draft pick. And, and so like he was two for 10 last week, which is like not just not good enough for that, for that round. I, it's just interesting. Cause he's like thin at other positions now, especially since Deontay John. Um, and I just wonder what his team would have looked like if he, took like a running back or wide receiver where he took TJ Hawkinson and then just like threw a dart at a tight end later on. Yeah. Fair enough. Also, Deontay Johnson's not hurt anymore. I think he's playing this week, right? Yeah, he's yeah. back. Yeah. But yes, it was a, but even then like, and Claypool is out too. Yeah. Right. But he's still, he's still starting Marvin Jones this week. Right. Which I mean, that doesn't feel great. Yeah, he already started Marvin Jones. Like he played him on. Yeah. Marvin Jones has been good. He just got, he just didn't have a good week this week. Yeah, it's no, like he's been fine, but like it just doesn't feel great. You know, it's not like you're not excited to throw so Marvin into you. I think the concern with Marvin Jones, I'll let you go in a second here, Brendan, but the concern with Marvin Jones is that this week when, um, what's the other guy's name? Chark went down, you would expect Marvin Jones to get the uptick and Chenault got the uptick instead. Like it was Marvin Jones continued to get his same level of like, you know, slot catches, and all of a sudden, Lavisca Chanel was the was the one. So, luckily for James, he has both of those receivers. But I think it's going to continue to be a headache every week trying to figure out which one is going to produce. So, coming in right after Hawkinson, yeah, totally. Thielen, Connor, Higgins, a couple quarterbacks. Hmm. So, Thielen would have been an amazing, amazing pick for him. Would have been for right now. But I mean, Hawkinson's also getting just peppered with targets. So like, I don't necessarily agree. I mean, yeah, no, I agree. Like he's a good player. It's just like the value, right? Like you don't expect your fourth round pick. Was it fourth round that he picked him? Uh, Five. Yeah. Five. I don't know if you want your fifth round pick to have the, the, the potential to have two for 10 in a, in a week. Like it just, it just feels bad. I mean, I think that can happen for anyone. He went 21, 16.6, and then two. Yeah. And like Devontae Adams shit the bed week yeah, one, too. Fair. So I don't know. No, no, I don't fair. know. I don't, I think, I think that's one week bias. Perhaps, so. perhaps. Any other? We'll see. I guess matchups we want to highlight. Uh, I think I want to highlight the fact that Tyler changed his name to uh, Lamb of Goddard. Which I thought was a pretty good one. It's always good when you can combine two player names into something gold. Yeah, no, that's a that is a good one. I will say Tyler has some some of the best team names and nicknames um, going right now. They always make me laugh. So he is a very funny guy, Tyler Clark. Uh, yeah, Peter as a nickname for Devontae Parker really cracked me up. <laughs> uh, anyway. What do we want to do here? Keep doing this whole thing. A little quick reaction. I feel like Anthony had some hot takes about yeah. Kenny's team, so we might as well break that one down. Mike has a decent week. Oh, yes. He puts up 95 points. <laughs> and uh, he gets the, the doors blown off his barn by Kenny. 150 points. Well, well hold on. Mike's, Mike's like 95 points is a little bit of an asterisk when one of your players is putting mm. up 45 yeah, points. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. You add Ezekiel Elliott and Josh Allen together, that was 70 points, and then the rest of his lineup had 25. <laughs> uh, but uh, before the game last week on the podcast, we were talking about how Kenny had three underperforming running backs, and then all three of those running mm-hmm. backs scored 15-plus points. They all scored a touchdown. They all scored 15-plus points. So... We know how Anthony feels, I think, but 
give it to us again? What's the chances that those running backs continue to perform at a high level? You're asking me? I mean, group? I, I think I think those running backs all hit kind of there. Maybe not Barkley, but um, Edwards. Are you, I'm assuming you're talking about James Robinson, who is on his yeah. bench, right? Yeah, I think Robinson and Alaire hit kind of their weekly ceiling that that week. Like I, I mean, sixteen. Like Alaire scored a touchdown. He's not going to do that very often. He just doesn't do that. Um, obviously, Barkley can go off, but that team's so bad. So I feel like his team. Yeah, he had a good. He had a good week from his running backs. I think that's like kind of the ceiling for those three players on a weekly basis, and the floor for them just feels so so bad in my opinion. Anyway. All right, so James Robinson then turned around on Thursday night and put up another 20. Back-to-back 20-point no, weeks. Yeah, no, fair enough. Carlos Hyde was out. I understand. Uh, okay, so like over under yeah. two and a half more 20-point weeks this year for James Robinson. Under, for sure. Okay. Might get to two. Yeah, under, over under two and a half. Yeah, I, I'd say, I'd okay. say probably under right. two. Uh, it's yeah. just a bad team. Like he's a good player, but he's not exceptional, and he fell into the end zone, and it's just hard to predict, right? But um, yeah. Anybody else have anything to take away from that? that? I mean, that Chiefs game was weird. Like Mahomes threw at least one interception, two, one that was like sort of not his fault, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. one that was just like kind of like that's you know not I don't think characteristic of like their average game this year. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that that that's the kind uh, of game no, where they're like, like, all right, we're just going to give it to our, you know, three yards, a carry running back and try and sell. Yeah, this. exactly. Like, it, like 17 carries for a hundred yards from Alaire. I just, that's just not a stat line you're going to see very often. And then he just doesn't score a lot. And that's, that's fine. But, I was saying it a little tongue in cheek last week, Eric, when I was talking about like, if Casey does lose this game, um, where the, that narrative is, like the last two years there's been like this aura of invincibility around them it's like we were talking about it the other day was it it was rogers i think you had 37 seconds left on the clock or whatever and they scored and everyone was like oh that's too much time it's like 37 seconds in the nfl you should be able to hold them for that and i wonder how much of that is at play when mahomes tries to do something that he really shouldn't do and that's two weeks in a row that's bit him in the ass so i'm not i'm this isn't like it's so i'm not really criticizing them i just wonder if there's a bit of a mentality shift when you play that team mm-hmm. because like i mean denver's in their division mm-hmm. am i wrong on that they're three and oh could be four and oh and like i don't know i just i just find that interesting there's not there's not that aura around them right now and maybe they're going to come out and hang back-to-back 50s and i'm, I'm going to look like an idiot i just if i'm playing them i feel way better than playing them last yeah. year so they're, they're currently in last place in their division at one and two because the Raiders and the Broncos and the Chargers are all yeah. ahead of them. Um, I think that there yeah. is a certain amount of just like statistical regression there of like you're, when you get into close games late, who's going to get the last drive and win the game on the last drive is sort of just like a coin flip at a certain point. And the Chiefs were consistently winning every single one of those coin flips last year. So it kind of makes sense. Maybe they're still the same team. They just haven't won the coin flips this year. So who knows? But it's just like maybe that's mm-hmm. what their season will be is they lose a bunch of those coin flips and, you know, progress to the mean and i mean my problem with that is that they like you know that's fine like but they put themselves in the situation where they have to win or lose on the last drive of the game mm-hmm. like they didn't look good well but, like i, I watched the... like most of that game and it, like they didn't look 
dominant the way that they did last season a lot of the time. They have major flaws on defense. There's no doubt I about mean, turnovers. it. Turnovers. Like relying on Mahomes outscoring everyone, which is a fair, a fair thing. He's the greatest quarterback I've ever seen with my eyeballs. So I guess that's a fair strategy. Obviously but they, you they're just defense that I was keep playing sure. in school. <laughs> <laughs> their roster is just not like if you take out, you know, their skill, like Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek, like obviously arguably number one at their respective positions. Um, but if you take those three away, their roster is, is pretty mediocre. So I think that that ends up shining through sometimes. I absolutely can't stand takes like that. If you just <laughs> remove the three best players from a team, the team sucks. Yeah. Like, I, do that to any team. No, I, I didn't say that. I'm, I'm making a point that like, they get a lot of attention for those three players, which is great. Like they obviously do a lot, but like the reason why they're not like they are in these positions because the rest of their roster is mediocre. Yeah. You can have teams that are like high, you know, if you know, every yeah. team gets a hundred NFL or mm-hmm. like, you know, points, you can put them all in three players. Or you can have a bunch of 75s. Yeah. I get it. I just, yeah. I think it's important to point out that, Without Jordan, Pippen, and Rodman, the '96 Bulls were a garbage team, and they just, you know. I don't. I think. I think you're totally misrepresenting my point, but that's okay. <laughs> like you're wondering why they're one and two, right? The reason why they're one and two is that they've lost two games, and why have they lost two games? Because I can't play. I, I think my what I'm saying. And plus, sorry, now how? All I was going to say is, and now when when they have to go play these division rivals on the road, do you think they're not getting just jazzed up mm-hmm. for the chance to to knock them down, that sort of thing? Yeah, totally. And it's going to be it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting last of the season for the, that team. Um, I think what I'm trying to say is that we are biasing our takes based on outcomes, and I would say that last year in the last eight weeks, when they were winning every game by one score on a final drive, they were getting incredibly lucky. And this year, maybe they're getting unlucky. Mm-hmm. And so I think the difference between their last year team and their this year team are maybe closer than we're thinking. And we're just looking at like, oh, because they're one and two, they're much worse. And they might be the same, you know? So yeah, no, that's, that's totally fair. Yeah. Like, it's so hard, right? Like, cause you think three weeks is like enough time to draw conclusions, but it's actually not. So you just have I to mean, like. The whole NFL season is only like not enough weeks to mm-hmm. draw conclusions on anything. I know, right? So that's short. the thing. It's so uh, every week and like, and to Eric's point, like, one play will at the end of the game will like totally change the narrative of like, like, so like, for example, like I'll, I'll take my 49ers. Like if they play proper defense and stop Aaron Rodgers, which they should in 37 seconds with no timeout, then suddenly like Jimmy Garoppolo is like, Oh, maybe he can do it. And like the Trey Lance thing is like not a thing. And like, Oh, maybe the 49ers, like their defense made the stop and is Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Like it totally would mm-hmm. shift the narrative. Mm-hmm. I like because of one one or two plays right and and so that's just the way sports journalism works r-e-l-a-x <laughs> all right let's get through these games and we got a uh, all right kevin coming up so uh kyle taking on kevin kyle proving once again that uh your first round pick can continue to score touchdowns every week but if the rest of your lineup <laughs> explodes when anyone looks at them drops a deuce on monday night football <laughs> yeah. no he and, I got I got super lucky because my defense outscored his by 21 and both his receivers got hurt. So I'm very oh. well aware that I, I got it. Oh, my goodness. Him. I did not see that. I will say I drafted the defense because one of the reasons specifically for this matchup, but I wasn't expecting him to get minus two. And again, I, 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 I'm the first one to bitch when I get unlucky. So he absolutely got unlucky with both his receivers getting hurt. Yeah, fair enough. 
And I don't think there's much analysis on this game, honestly. Like, that's why he lost, and that's why I won. I think, I mean, I think the takeaway is that, like, drafting a defense is, like, not something, or there's an argument for not skipping it. Mm -hmm. Especially, like, the Broncos had really good early season matchups for the first four or five weeks. Like, it was. Yeah, it's great to be able to, you know, hold on to a good defense for the first couple weeks. And then, like, if you have to, you can just start streaming them. Mm -hmm. But streaming defenses is a little bit of a I loved Kevin's analogy of getting the right answer for the with the wrong method in math for Kyle picking Derrick Henry. I thought it was perfect. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it's worth, like it's big brain play, but also just funny, funny that it's working out. Kevin, I noticed that you dropped Sam Darnold from your team this week. Is that because uh, I got in your head last week on the podcast, or no? It's because I needed to pick up the dynamic 2016 runner that is David Johnson to shore up my running back room. So <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still going back and forth whether I'm going to fucking play him this week because I think they might be from behind. So maybe if he catches a ball and goes for 12 yards, he might be my second <laughs> scoring running back. I uh, wish I could say I don't understand <laughs> and, the struggle. Somewhat, but uh... but also, wasn't it you guys that last week had pointed out that him and Rodgers have the same bye week? So it didn't make sense yeah. for you holding him anyway. I, I hate yeah, so I, I hate was, having that second quarterback that you're just like, you know, I'm not supposed to play this person, but like yeah well i mean i and i think like sam's been fine he's been he's done pretty much what i was expecting and hoping he would do and i had him in case rogers got hurt but i mean i i need so much help at running back i couldn't justify having the 14th best quarterback this year on my bench all right so in true uh fast three minutes fashion we're just not going to break down on any of the remaining games and move on to the next segment uh i did want to ask one question though so i you know was out of the league for a little bit so i checked the the league history on sleeper this week and just look back at what happened last season. Have you guys talked about like how historically bad Sherry R's team was as a league champion? Have you done any analysis of this? He scored 15 more fantasy points than Justin in the regular <laughs> season. And he finished first in the division while Justin finished last. And then he just went it, off. In it the was, no, it was an ongoing thing throughout the regular season that I think he had the least points against like by like a large large margin it was becoming like like comical throughout like he would win with like 80 like 80 point weeks it was it was absurd it was so (laughs) if you compare it to this season yeah it was just dumb it was dumb there are three teams this year that have as many hundred point weeks as sherry had in the entire season last year love that that's that's a great stat that is a great stat (laughs) beautiful all right, I think we're throwing it over I mean, to Kevin. It's, I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, go ahead. We're throwing it over to Kevin with a little segment. Uh, give us give us the rundown. So, yeah, you guys mentioned, I forget, it was like a conversation just before this, but it was about how we're only three weeks in. So, like, stats don't necessarily tell all the stories. Um, I'm not entirely sure how this is going to play out, so please bear with me. I was trying to get a little creative with it, and it was a little tougher than I thought. But pretty much, uh, we're going to play a little game called Birds of a Feather. I'm going to give you a couple names, and you're going to tell me why they're in the same grouping um, based on stats from this year. Um, I can give you guys – I think you guys should work together because I think some of them might be a little bit tricky, and some of them are sort of niche. Um, But I think together you guys will be able to figure them out. Okay, so our first one, our first group is Joe Mixon, Mark Ingram, Derek Henry, and Alex Madison. Uh, some chintzy touchdowns 
Yeah, or I was I was going I was leaning towards something with touchdown numbers, but Derrick Henry is so many, I feel like, but maybe not. Is it possible that like all of their touchdowns have come from like under three yards or something? Hmm. No, because I I've seen I watched Derrick Henry run all over the Seahawks. He definitely scored a long touchdown. Right. So the real outlier here is Mark Ingram, I feel like. So is there Yeah, exactly. Did Mark Ingram have like one game where you had really good yards per carry and like these are the only four that have had yards per carry over six or something in the season? Or is this like I don't mean for the season, I mean like in Mark a Ingram game. had a good week good week one, right? Where I think he's he at least scored one touchdown. Doesn't have anything to do with touchdowns. Okay. No, right? yeah. Um fumbles or lack of. Are they catching passes like unexpectedly? Sorry, who's the fourth? Who, who it was? These are the only running backs in the league to fall into this statistical category: Joe Mixon, Mark Ingram, Alex Madison, Derrick Henry. Okay, so Madison's only had one mm-hmm. big game this week, right? When he took over for Delvin Cook. Is it like hundred-yard rushers? No, it couldn't be, could it? Yeah, I don't know how like obscure to like aim here. Can we get hints? Do you have hints? What is what are two of the things that you look for for ta- uh, like a fantasy production? Targets and touches, or pass something, or snap counts, or uh... it's not going to be snap counts because Mark Ingram's in a wicked nine-headed monster there in Houston. <laughs> um, I'm not sure how else to give clues uh, without giving it away. Um, you guys are on the right track about having like monster hmm. weeks. I haven't been following like the Texans, right? So like I'm trying to figure so out. So what did Madison do last week that he had like, he had like a hundred yards. Did he score? He probably scored. Maybe it's the only four running backs with a hundred yards and a touchdown. Like did Ingram do that once? Maybe bust off a huge Maybe. one and then end up with a hundred yards and a touch. Maybe. Oh, right. Nothing to do with touchdowns. Shit. They're not – is it pass catching? Because Mixon's not catching a lot of passes. We're getting a, a head shake, a, a no from Kevin. No. I don't know. I don't know. I think we should uh, – have been stumped. Get, you want get to reveal the answer? Yeah. Players with 25-plus rushing attempts what? in one week. Wow. He had to- Joe – Joe Mixon, Mark Ingram, Alex Madison have one, and Derek Mark Henry's Ingram had a 25. No one else in the NFL said. He had 25 carries? <laughs> yep. In week one? Yep. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, we were, I think we're, Greg, we would have gotten okay. there eventually. That was a good one. That was interesting. Okay. Greg Zerline, oh Josh Lambeau, Tristan Vizcano. Vizcano, I don't know how to say it. Is this like Miss, Miss PAT? Are they the one? I was going to say Miss PATs. Um, sort of missed field goals inside 30 yards. No, the PAT one's right, but it's multiple missed PATs. Really? In three weeks? Oh, no. Yep. That was, was it a Geo burn? Sorry, last week? Like, it must have been like, I I feel like last week there were so many missed PATs Hmm. and like missed field goals. Yeah, those are the only three kickers, according to Sleeper's uh, stats, that have two. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Vizcano got cut for it. Um, 
Okay, Gio Bernard, DeAndre Swift, and Najee Harris. Got to be like running back targets, doesn't it? Got to be targets or something. Well, Gio barely played the first couple of games. It is 10 plus targets in a week for a running back. Yeah, okay. Gio, okay, and week three. This is my. This is my favorite one. Um, Jarvis Landry, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Chris Godwin. Hmm. You, know, you immediately think like something like a like a yards per catch, like not, you know what I mean? Like with Jarvis mm-hmm. Landry, but I think he's okay. Juju definitely doesn't catch anything downfield. Yeah, it could be like a you've had a hundred yard game while having a yards per catch under seven or something like that. Or yeah, they both had they've all had um decent, they've all scored. I'm pretty sure. Or could it be like a drops thing? I feel like Oh. It could be a drops. <laughs> it's not drops. Oh. I tried to find a one for drops, but oh, I damn. It, was that... bit, it was a little bit convoluted. Yeah. I would say I want to go something like, like, uh, yeah. It's good. You guys will like this one. I feel like it's a little bit funky then. I don't know. I got nothing. Yeah, I don't know either. It has nothing to do with catches. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, have they all scored a rushing touchdown? Uh, they have. Uh, they have. <laughs> Only wide receivers to score a rushing touchdown. Godwin did? I mean, unless you count Cordero yeah. Patterson. Because I knew, I knew Juju did, and I knew – He's Landry technically did. right. I didn't know Godwin did, but yeah, that's, did. that's hilarious. Okay, yeah, I'm out. I had a couple other ones, but they're a little bit too complicated. So, uh, thank you for uh, entertaining. No, that was fun. I'll try and, that was fun. Try and get a couple. All right, I think we can yeah. sneak in. Tony, you have a little micro tantrum here. You want to sneak in before we do our pick'em for this yeah. week? Yeah, yeah. Let me. This is something that's so. A little small background, like I guess when we were doing this um, podcast, like whenever we stopped doing it many years ago. Little notes, yeah. Okay, so I had no, I had a note on my phone for um, uh, <laughs> things that were on my radar. Was the uh, <laughs> was the title of the note, and this one was this one was there. So I decided to do a little deep dive on it. Um, but let me set the scene quickly. It's like your team, like pick your favorite team, right? It's like middle of the second quarter or something. So like we're well past scripted plays or whatever. It's like a close game. And like your team comes out after a kickoff, like eight commercial breaks or whatever. And then they drop back to pass. Like maybe it's play action on first down. Okay. And it's like incomplete. Okay. It's second and 10, second and 10. They're like, Oh, we're going to play it safe. We're going to run like a, like a power, like an off tackle goes for like three yards. You're like, oh, well, we're, it's okay. We made it like third and seven. That's good. And then it's like incomplete on third and seven because like it's super low conversion rate. And then you punt. What's wrong with that scenario? What is the worst play call of those three plays? What is it? Like, what's the, like, what, what sticks out? What do you think is terrible? I think it's the run. Yeah. Running on second and 10. It's been something that's just been bothering me for long. It makes no sense. Okay. So in my mind, it made no sense. And then I went, I found like this statistics website that actually like tracks all the plays. It was brilliant. Okay. So anyway, very quickly, very quickly, the success rate on third and 10 last season, overall, every team, every third and 10 was 30% to get a first down. Okay. That's, That's like not higher than I would have guessed. 
Yeah, I know. It is a little bit higher than I would have thought. Um, but like, so this, this thing, um, what the way it tracked on second and 10, it broke it down to like run and pass and it tracked successful attempts, which it, it defined as gaining at least six yards. And, um, it was actually pretty even compared to running and passing of gaining at least six yards. So you think, Oh, then it's not so bad. Right. Cause that's going to get you to like third and four and like the percentages go way up. But the biggest thing is that like, you're almost twice as likely to gain a first down on second and 10, if you throw the ball. So like, yeah, like if you run it, you might get six yards, you might get two, you're definitely not going to get a first down. Whereas if you throw the ball, then, uh, you, you know, you get like twice, you're just as likely to gain at least six yards. There's twice as likely to get a first down. I don't know why you would ever run the ball on second and 10. So like um, the, um, the like top five best running teams last year were successful on like somewhere between 40 and 50% on second down runs in terms of getting like, um, like at least six yards. And then the, that is the equivalent to like the 22nd best pass success. So like really, unless you're like an absurdly good running team. And I think it was like Baltimore, like, like Buffalo, cause they had Josh Allen. So they had some weird outliers, unless you're like a, like an outlier rushing team, you're like just as good as like one of the worst pass offenses on second and 10. So there's just like no reason. And like, obviously you need to self scout and, and whatnot. And like, you can't just pass on every second and 10, I suppose. Although maybe I have no idea. Um, but it's just like, it just bothers me because like the success rate on like third and eight or third and seven is like marginally better than third and 10 for getting a first down. It's like another like five or six or 10%, depending on how many yards you gain. There's just like no reason to do it. There's like no reason to ever do it. It just, it just bothers me. And like, it's, it's undefendable because if you're like, Oh, you know, like we have like a, let's say you're like, oh, we have a rookie quarterback. We want to make third down more manageable. And it's like, yeah, but third and eight isn't really that much more manageable than third and 10 anyway. So you may as well try to throw it. And then if you have like a, you know, like a, a great quarterback, you're like, oh, well, we don't care about like third and 10 or third and eight. It's like, great. Then you should let them throw it on second down anyway. Like there's no situation where you should be like consistently running it on second and 10. It drives me absolutely ballistic. It's like an instant three and out. And uh, I mean, it's just like, it's just brutal. I don't understand. It just, anyway, I don't know what you guys think See, about that. If you notice, what you don't get is you got to run the ball to set up the pass. <laughs> That's just like, how it works in football. You got to run the ball to set up the pass. I mean, it's just like it. I, I mean, I know. I think that's what they're thinking. They're like, oh, yeah, like we we, we got to establish the run and second and ten is a nice, safe place to do it. Right. We're like, oh, we'll get four yards and then we'll be third and six. Yeah. But like third and six is still you're only like 40 percent chance of gaining a first down on league average. Right. It's like 10 percent better uh, than third and third and yeah, ten. So what, like, see, what do you like statistically, are you more likely to end up with a first down just adding together the percentages of throwing on second and throwing on third? Or are you more likely like to get a first down? Oh, that's a good point. A I actually, third I, ten, or sorry, a short third end, whatever. Um, I actually thought about doing that, but then ran out of time. But um, cause yeah, I was curious to like running it. So I have like running it on second and 10 league average, 14% chance of getting a first down mm -hmm. running it on second and throwing it on second and 10 was like 27%. 
So, I mean, it's like almost twice as better. And then on like third and six, it was like uh, third and six was something like 40, just over 40% to get a first down. Um, whereas third and 10 was like 10%. So like, I guess if you, whatever, it's like 14% chance to get a first down on second and 10, if you run. And then, I mean, you're, then you're like stuck at like third and six. I don't know. I, I, it doesn't look like it would be that much better. Cause like passing's just better in the NFL now. Plus like when you run the ball, you have the risk of holding penalties, which happens so often. And then when you pat, when you're throwing the ball, like defensive pass interference, illegal contact, defensive holding, like happens right. so frequently that like, that's an automatic first down as well. There's just no reason to, to, there's practically no reason to run the ball in the <laughs> NFL other than the fact pay someone to run the ball for you. I, I mean, honestly, yeah, I remember in uh, the Broncos most recent Super Bowl run, there was some statistic that like, they have earned first downs as often by Demarius Thomas drawing PI as by Demarius Thomas catching passes or something like that. It was. Yeah. yeah I mean, I believe yeah. it. Like, obviously like that's, is an exaggeration. You do need to, to run the ball. There are situations where it's, it's valuable. I get that. But like the idea of like establishing the run and, and like, I, I just quickly peered into like first down success. I mean, throwing on first down is like, just miles better like like it's not even close like you, i mean if you run on first down you're like you're you're giving up just it just like it's like worthless unless i don't know unless you're like lamar jackson then i suppose it's worth it but you think um it's just that it feels like some teams have adopted that like you know you get patrick mahomes obviously you're more likely to throw it but i do feel like andy Reid had had kind of done that for a while like throwing more often, especially on first down. Um, um, Sean McVay did it when he came in with the Rams. Like, they were throwing on first down a lot. Do you think and, football's uh, kind of, like, self-correcting like that, though? Like, then if it's like, okay, well, it, we know you're going to pass on first down, like, it becomes more valuable to run? Hmm. No, I, I definitely think so. And that's what I mean when I was like, well, you can't just, like, throw on every second and 10 because, yeah, then teams will figure that out. So you do need to balance it. But I think there needs to just be more thought into, like, like what, what kind of run are you even running on? Are you doing anything creative or are you just going to like run wham for like three yards and be like, oh yeah, yeah. That's how we grind it out. It's like, well, that's just worthless. Like get something creative, like run like a, some sort of sweep or like a, I don't know, like, you know, a read option. I feel like, like quarterbacks now are like way more athletic other than Tom Brady than they were before. Like you look at some of these young guys, like I mean, there's no reason um, these guys can't be running like read options once or twice a game just to just to like keep the defense guessing. But I mean, I'm just a dude, so I'm not an NFL. There's player. one thing I want to see before I die. It's Tom Brady run the read option in Tampa Bay. <laughs> I would love it. I would absolutely love it. I don't on like the one yeah. yard line, right? Like no one would see it coming. He would probably score. Like he probably would. Yeah. I don't know if Kevin left as like a bit. What would it take him though? Like here. Like how long would to run into the end zone like it'd be the slowest like lumbering run you probably run like a four six one i don't even think he did that at the no four six one one yard in 4.6 seconds <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> cool that's tough to watch <laughs> <laughs> all right i don't know if kevin yeah. left is like a bit just keep, for... that, just, just keep that in just keep that in mind when you're watching games today like when a team runs in second and ten just think like oh is that actually worth it and then see what happens for the rest of the series all right we'll, we'll track that maybe we'll do a little follow-up at the end of the year and see how it happened 
Yeah, we could. Uh, let's do our pick'em. I think, I think week. before we do that, we do need to, what you were about to say there, Kevin. At the beginning of Tony's tantrum, which was a milder one this week, I liked how you painted us a picture. Kevin clearly didn't. He almost <laughs> immediately got up from his desk, walked away, started like folding laundry or something, and then just came back at one point and gone. left the meeting. <laughs> I don't know if that was a bit or he just had to go and didn't say anything, but um, I don't know. I, I was hoping we'd get some consistency I, with hosts. For, I even, um, I even picked the one that um, wasn't going to bother Kevin this week. Cause I had an, I had a, another one lined up, but maybe it'll, it's a little teaser. All right. Next. All right. Well, Kevin, write in your pick them. Cause we need some uh, consistency here, but um, let's start as we always do, because I do this for my sleeper uh, with my game against Shar this week. We're picking the game here. Picking the game, Tony. Last week, Kevin was see, so six. You're... Six of seven. Six of seven. You were wow. six of seven, and I was five of seven. Okay. Wow. Good job, guys. Okay. So, let's see. To be... Brendan already got points from Tyler Boyd. That's a pretty good week. That's a pretty good Thursday. Um, we... I mean, Sherry, our team is... Uh, Lamar Jackson, is he playing? Or is he like? Yeah, he's gonna play. No, he's he's gonna play. Um, I also got to agree with Eric's point last week that like big shout out to Sherryar for like hosting and like the dude took like no time to make his picks either at the draft. It was fantastic. I mean, he picked Odell Beckham in the third round or whatever, but doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Fantastic. It doesn't matter. He showed you up. Pick, and... You got to be efficient about it. You got to call your shot. Exactly. And he did that. Um, I'm taking myself, but. I will take Brendan as well. I think. I think. Can you yeah. write it in for me, Eric. I can write it in for you. I'm just. I actually think Chase Edmonds is turning into like a, a pretty solid little RB two mm-hmm. for you there. He got passes. So. Yep. Um, I'm gonna go Sherry. I will say though, um, the the gigantic Stefan Diggs week is coming at some point. Mm-hmm. It could be this week, and I think that that could be a wild card. Who did you take, Tony? Me. You took Brendan? I took uh, Brendan. All right, next up is Eric and Kevin. This is, in my opinion, this is the one that Tony Romo would be calling. This is the biggest game of the week. It's in the 4 p.m. slot. Um, Nance and Romo, like, you got... This is the best narrative matchup. Two people that took the same strategy going into the season. True. You know, you got somebody yeah. returning to the league after a long absence. Like, is he rusty or is he rested? You know, you got that whole question... Um, sleeper has this one pretty tight. We both have wide receiver quarterback stacks in like pretty good matchups. Uh, he did pick up Chuba Hubbard. So there's a big, uh, big change there in the lineup this week. That's big for Kevin. Yep. How do you feel about Kenyon Drake losing his job to, uh, Peyton Barber? I mean, Eli Barber, if you ask me, but, uh, Wait, what? He's not as good as Peyton. He's like an Eli Barber. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's gar- garbage. Uh, anyway, I think it sucks. Um, but uh, on Monday night, like if Josh Jacobs is not in the game, I'll probably switch in Peyton Barber because he's more likely to get rushing. You, oh, wait, you have? I have both. Oh, you do? Have- yeah. Oh, okay. Never mind. Then you're fine. Um, and if, if Jacobs is playing, then I'll probably stick with Drake because I feel like Drake's role in the offense is more secure than Peyton Barber's role in the offense. But I mean, who knows? Like, I don't feel yeah, great about anything yeah. in this 
whole Oakland backfield situation. How's the Pittsburgh defense been this year? Uh, terrible. I don't. Well, they've yeah, been okay. They've been fine. Well, they've been fine. The offense has been yeah. terrible. I should yeah. say. I think um, I'm going. Eric. I think uh, this is very close. I think it's very close. Um, the David Johnson start is really just giving me a really yucky feeling. Um, so I'm going to take Eric as well. To be fair to Kevin, if you're going to say the David Johnson start gives you a yucky feeling, like you can't get a great feeling off of the running back room that I'm going with here. <laughs> Dude, Patterson is fine. Absolutely fine. I think he fine. is. I think it's good that like I went zero RB and now basically I'm going five wide. I have five <laughs> wide receivers. <laughs> Just two of them have running back eligibility on sleeper. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Okay. I'm taking myself too. You look clean, sweet. Uh, Kyle Kenny. Um, I mean, I probably should look at this some more, so, but I'm just taking Kenny. Oof. It's so hard. Chark putting up the zero, like the fractured ankle. It just really sucks. Ooh, is that what it was? Um, yeah. Done, done yeah. for the year, probably. Uh, yeah. Do, 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 um, do. Yeah. You know what? I'm. I'm just going to uh, fuck it. I'll take Kyle. I feel like he's got he's got some guys that can swift in Henry. I think mm-hmm. gonna outperform Barkley and Belair. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm just going to give Kyle a little boost of confidence. Anything can happen. I think I think the D, the chart big uh, goose egg is that's a big big thing to overcome. I, mm-hmm. I don't I don't have confidence. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take Kenny personally but all right two for kenny one for kyle uh next up we got tyler mike doing some bookkeeping at the same time here where are we gonna find them on my yeah uh... it's it throws me off that they're in a different order on eric's computer as well as we're trying to look for him tyler mike tyler and mike oh there it is lamb of goddard nice Is this the uh, Alvin Kamara big game? First game back in the Superdome after the natural disaster. The Giants are a garbage football team to play against. Yeah, it, it's true. It's true. Um, uh, you know, I feel like we were we just spent some time talking about how Mike's team just took a giant shit last week. Hmm. Um, this might be the trap game for Tyler. <laughs> Yeah, like there's a I chance. Agree. I'm going to take I Mike. Think, you think Tyler's going to be sleeping? I'm also yeah. going to take Mike. I think Josh Allen's going to have another monster week against Houston. Mayfield is just so so. And McLaren against Atlanta just feels so delicious. He seems scary. <laughs> Took me too long. <laughs> it's still early. Yeah. Yeah. I'm taking, uh, I'm taking Mike. I think Tyler's going to come yeah. in feeling it's- confident and they're going to get uh, trapped by it. Let's chalk it up. I'm going with, Make it a no. I'm month. going with my boy Tyler Clark. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, Tony J. Tony, tell me all the ways that you're going to be J. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that I just have a superior team. Sleeper has this one at a 50-50. Likely. Yeah, I mean, I'm really disappointed in the Bengals on Thursday night against Jacksonville. Like, um, I just expected more. To be honest, mm-hmm. didn't expect a lot. One that definitely hurts, but like. I think Kyler Murray is just unstoppable and my running backs get about 80 targets combined per week. So 
That feels good. Is Kittle playing? Plus, he got the number one Cooper Cup. No, Kittle is not playing. He's playing. He's playing. Oh, he is playing. Wow, that that was a roller coaster ride because yesterday he was like not expected to play. I really, really want to give just... Justin credit for leaning as hard into the Kittle and Pitts thing as he possibly <laughs> could. He's had them in his lineup every week. I mean, it's... like, I I hope, I really hope that. Pitts has another terrible game because I, I think it, it was a terrible pick and I stand by it and I just want to rub it in Justin's face if he loses because of Pitts' bad game. It hurts. That's what I'm but I'm going Tony. <laughs> I mean, look at that lineup. It's just it's just remarkable. I, I think that you know the the Justin's key to victory here is to have Tom Brady have one of his just absurd, like, oops, I put up 40 something points mm-hmm, again, mm-hmm. which, you know. Yeah, then he can match Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is playing against a pretty good defense today. Like, I could see that game being 21 20, and Kyler Murray doesn't have the opportunity to score his 400 fantasy points. So, perhaps, I mean, yeah, I, I, I... I don't know if I want to – I'm not, like, super confident about Fournette, but I'm going back and forth between Fournette and Sanders, but that might be uh, – is Sanders play at 10? Fuck. Too, too <laughs> well, late, 10-01. Yeah. I think uh, – I went back and forth. One know. of the things you have to be worried about here, Anthony, though, is how motivated Tom Brady is on Sunday night in New yeah. England. That's no. a, well, that's a nice team for my tantrum. That's a 50 burger, if you ask me. That's a narrative right there. That is a narrative, and I hope it gets busted this week so I can rant next week. <laughs> All right. So well, fucking dumb. In that case, going Justin, locking it up. Tony, picking yourself. Don't, don't have to ask. <laughs> oh, right? the lock. Yeah, yeah I'm taking All myself. Right, James Harsh. James I think 0-3. This is, I'm sorry to say, but James's team is, uh, it's not getting better yeah. this week. Harsh's no, team well, is too good. Um, Air Bay, the pervert, is just too strong. <laughs> yeah, I think this is a clean sweep for Harsh. I don't think there's much to, yeah. much to analyze. I here. will be taking Harsh as well. Yeah, last up, Dion Brandon. Oh, I just can't pick Dion, so I'll pick Brandon. Break that down. Why can't you pick Dion? It just, it just, um, goes against my belief system. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Um, I am also going to pick Brandon. I just think his team's better. But I'm going Dion. Okay. Mostly just to be the, the opposite. But um, no, I think 13 points from Mixon is like a really solid start to mm. a week. Mm-hmm. Um, they could build on that success and uh, maybe do a little bit of an upset. We'll see. Mm. And I mean, and Brandon does have the best group of wide receivers we've ever seen in the history of fantasy football. Cannot be underestimated totally agree good take good take solid take great place to end the podcast let's all go watch some football let's uh good luck everyone sign it out with this uh great audio of matt ryan getting stiff-armed by shy tuttle <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.